Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Nathan May is an Arabana man living on Kalwana country in South Australia and he is a singer-songwriter who released an EP called Reflections a few years ago and his new single is called Fix It Up. Hi, Nathan. How are you, Sophie? It's good to um, be here on Zoom and the technology we got. Yeah, it is indeed because otherwise I wouldn't be able to interview you given that we're in separate states. And I do have a lot of questions to ask you because you have a lot of things going on in your work life. But first, um, I wanted to ask about what inspired Fix It Up. Um, well, to be honest, uh, I started university and, um, a, a while ago and we had to write a few songs, and oh, right. especially um, cheesy songs. Um, and in the university course, it was kind of um, you had to write all these songs to, you know, and you get marked on them. And so the um, lecturer told us to write a uh, love cheesy, cheesy love song. So that's how it kind of started. Um, I, I first started writing it like ages ago, and then I I um, ended up getting introduced to Colin Buchanan, which um, and then the song actually turned out to be you know, a lot more flowing than it was as a 23-year-old or something, right? And yeah. So, um, you know, it, it was good to get his perspective on it and um, help me finish it off. So it sounds like cheesy love songs weren't really your thing. Um, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> nah. And I, I used to think it was and I kept writing them, which right. was terrible. <laughs> but it's all right. <laughs> So, so I'm interested that you said it was for university. So obviously they had a set set sorts of songs they wanted you to write. You had to fill the brief. Yeah, yep, yeah. And so yeah, that that was kind of that section. And then then they made us write a whole different other um, you know genres of music. And um, but I thought the, the kind of fixing a broken heart was kind of pretty cheesy. You know, yeah. So that's. That's where it first, you know, I came up with it was at uni. Well, you certainly sing it with conviction. Um, so obviously when you met Colin um, and you said that the, you know, he did a bit of work on it, how did you actually come to meet him? Um, yeah, it was during COVID. I um, I played a gig with uh, James Gillard, mm-hmm. um, who has been a mentor um, for me in the last few years. And um, I met him over in... Um, Perth in 2019 and we did a gig together um, just before the uh, Pigram Brothers played and um, I, I emailed him out the blue and said hey I'm, I'm working on an album do you mind help me um, you know um, produce it and and also give me a bit of direction and some of the songs that I should go for and he's like yeah no worries so he introduced me to Colin um, when I started sending him all my material and he said, I've got this awesome guy who would probably be um, great to do some co-writes and, you know, look at all the songs that you've been doing. And uh, that's how we met in 2021. I went over to Sydney and we we wrote a few songs together. Um, and then I just kept emailing them and being like, oh, can you help with this? Can you help with this? So, yeah, that's um, that's how that all started. 
I've interviewed Colin and he's a very lively individual. So I can imagine that, that yes, when you're in a room with him, um, it just it just keeps flowing, keeps moving. Yeah, I I, I always embrace his banter and also his um, just his energy he's got. It's amazing. Uh, and I know he does a lot of kids stuff and, you know, they've got to have that enthusiasm, I guess. That's true. That's <laughs> <For kids>. very, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so he yeah. must just think I'm a kid, yeah. <laughs> I think he's just, yeah, he just strikes me as someone who generally tries to make the most of every day. I think that's where a lot of that enthusiasm comes mm-hmm. from. Um, now, you mentioned you worked on a few songs with Colin. So does that mean that you have some more yet to record that you're planning to put on an album? Yeah, so well, we only just started doing the album um, in March, um, which I went over um, to Sydney and caught up with James and then we went and um, recorded at Rod McCormack Studio, the music seller. And um, so, yeah, like we've been, I've worked on four songs that um, Colin's co-written with and um, also Kevin Bennett um, is also um, on that album and Luke O'Shea. Wow. Um, so, so he's introduced me to a few seasoned writers, um, which which was, um, you know, a great opportunity. And then I also... Um, you know, James has worked on a few of the songs with me and um, Max Jackson as well. So, All right, yeah. Um, and I should say for those who don't know James Gillard, he is a member of The Flood with Kevin Bennett. And uh, yeah. Max Jackson is uh, this year's Toyota Star Maker winner. And I believe Rod played on the tracks as well as Andy Leftwich on Mandolin and Fiddle. And Andy is a four-time Grammy winner. So you had some very good talent on this track. Yeah, well, well yeah, once, um, once we started recording the track, um, with, with Roddy's like, man, I'm Andy would be great on this track. So, and then it all just happened. It was amazing. Um, I, I just can't even believe it how, how just quick it happened and and how well it came out. It was, um, you know, because I, I just went up there, didn't really have anything in my head. Um, especially when I did that EP years ago, I was kind of the one calling all the shots and. And up there with James, I just was relaxing. I didn't have to do anything, no thinking. I was just like, yeah, that was the best experience. I reckon it was awesome. Yeah, I was just about to ask if it felt like a relief to have someone else take the reins, and obviously it was, particularly someone as experienced as James. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. So, yeah, it was awesome. And um, to have those guys play on my record, it's, it's an honour, you know. I can certainly hear that lightness, I think, in your vocal that, that comes from being a bit freer from having that responsibility. At least that's what I heard in it. Um, and even though you're singing about fixing up broken hearts, there really is a hopeful tone to your voice in that song, at least it sounds like to me. I was wondering if you felt hopeful when you recorded it. Uh, yeah, yeah, very hopeful. I think in anything um, that I record now, I always think, you know, uh, I've got to hope for the best of all these tracks. But, you know, as as a songwriter as well, it's kind of it's always a, a great thing to um, have the song finished and then listen back to it because yeah, I've been listening to it heaps um, and you know I, I just think of it like wow, like that's a finished product and and the way I, I was seeing it, um, you know, it um, uh, you know I closed my eyes when I recorded it, but <laughs> I wasn't. I was um, thinking like, oh, yeah, is is it a, a hopeful chance to fix the broken heart or not? But, 
<laughs> you know, I, I just put a, a, a lot of effort into it, and so it come out come out really well. And I should also mention there are some bluegrass sounds to this particular track. Were they in it from the start, or are they something that came in when you and Colin started working together, or you and James started working together? Oh well, I said to James, um, <clears throat> I said I really want the song to be country, and then um, they they. I think Rod suggested, oh, well, I'm just going to play like this. Right. And then it just turned out to be really bluegrass. It was, um, um, but yeah, it wasn't because we recorded drums in the track. Mm-hmm. Um, An awesome drummer named Scotty Hills and and he recorded on that track and then James decided to take the drums out to make it really blue, bluegrass. And he's like, no, nah, we're going to let the instruments do all the drumming. Um, all that percussive stuff. So, yeah, once those, because I was like, geez, those, I don't think it might, it's not going to work, but it worked. It worked perfectly. I was like, you can't even notice it that there's no drums in it. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, and um, so, no, it wasn't, it wasn't intentional going for that sound straight away. But once Rod suggested it and, um, and then James honed in on it, uh, it we couldn't stop that. Um, bluegrass from happening <laughs> lovely now you started singing in church in darwin at the age of three which is extraordinary um i don't know that many kids can sing at three at least well enough to perform for others do you have any memories of your earliest performances oh well yeah i was i was mainly i was i was singing with like my aunties and all that and all my cousins who were really great singers but i was more of the i, I drummed when I was um, when I was younger, and I drummed in the church, um, and that's that's the earliest memory I remember was drumming with my uncle. He had like this um, cover band, mm-hmm. and it was at this high school up and down. I think it was like nineteen ninety seven. Um, so yeah, I was born in ninety four. So that was like three years after, um, and that was the that was the first drumming um show I did and I just jammed with them um that was my earliest memory I remember and I can still remember it to this day um how old were you then three three you were three when you were drumming yeah Uh, we lost the video I don't know where the video went but you know it would have been awesome to get that video again um because yeah it was was a great memory of just a a young young kid to just drumming away is um and I could keep a beat I, I could keep the beat pretty well as a three-year-old it was it was pretty cool um so did you continue to drum through primary school into high school um well the primary school I went to wasn't didn't have a big music program um mm-hmm. which was um good because um for me I, I I just lived and breathed it anyway at home like the music um, and when I got to high school, I, I showed off a bit when I first went in with my drum drumming and did enter the talent contest. And then I stopped <laughs> and then I never, never really got into the music classes. Um, the music teacher would always try to drag me in, but I never was interested in school. That's, um, and that was probably why I didn't do it. I was too busy socializing with all my mates. <laughs> And I suppose also if you've if you've got a lot of music at home, that that idea of learning it in a formal way, you don't really need to because you're surrounded by it. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's um, you know, I kept going to church, and um, there was like a youth group um that would happen every Friday night, and I was I was a part of the band in that as well. So yeah, there was um, <clears throat> there was always music happening, and I was always playing music and breathing it, um, but never in school. Yeah, it was yeah. It was, it was quite bizarre actually. <laughs> So when did you start singing? Because you obviously have na- a natural talent as a singer, but you shaped this voice. So when did that development happen? I started, I, I just singing away at, um, like with my uncles and aunties and stuff with family, like just strumming away on the guitar. And when I was probably about 15, mm-hmm. um, I remember getting an electric guitar. Um, and then uh, when I first came to Adelaide when I was 17, um, that's when I started really wanting to properly get my vocals going. Um, and I joined a choir in uni and um, and just kept singing as much as I could. And looking back to it, um, all the recordings I did in my early days, yeah, it was, it's, a, it's a good relief that I've um, done a bit of practice because <laughs> I was terrible, you know. <laughs> But that's how everybody's everybody's like that. You gotta practice makes perfect. Well, and also probably the better you get, the more critical you are of your earlier self singing. Yeah, that's that's true. And um but I always had um everybody said I've always had a, a, a nice tone. Um and that's what James loved. And that's why I think he was very keen. He's like, Man, you just got a natural like tone. Like there's people people can um really you know practice as much as they can and and learn how to sing but the tone is um it's where it's at so I was glad when he said that I was like oh gosh (laughs) (laughs) I mean I was gonna but yeah it's um so yeah it was early early 17 when I was 17 I jumped up and and played an eagle song at my talent um school talent quest um so that's when I basically started singing and I guess because you hadn't been in music classes at school they might have been a bit surprised that you jumped up at the talent quest and and could yeah because yeah, it was a few years out of like it was year eight when I jumped up on the drums and then uh, and I think it was year 12 year 12 I ended up um doing the talent contest so that was a few years apart yeah. so yeah everybody was a bit shocked and um but yeah, it's it's it was a great great thing to do that, um, and I couldn't really rely on other people when I when I was playing music. Like when I was drumming, I had to rely on singers mm-hmm. and guitarists, and I was just like, nah, I'm gonna start playing guitar and singing myself, so I can just do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned electric guitar. Did you start on electric guitar, or did you have an acoustic before that? Uh, no, I had this old acoustic. It was pretty run down, but. I got a like brand new electric guitar. It was like a Ibanez or or something like that. But um, yeah, I didn't I didn't really hone into the um, electric. I was more I was more like the acoustic sound, and mm-hmm. um, especially when we were all like um, just being around family, you can just pull that um, acoustic guitar out and just start playing and. Everybody would kind of hover around. It was pretty awesome. Um, that was that was when I was like, "No, nah, I'm just going to stick to um, stick to the acoustic." 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't. I thought you might have been about to say something else. I was paused. Right. Oh, my phone's ringing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. My phone's ringing too. That's all right. So, as a singer now, what do you prefer, acoustic or electric, to sing with? Uh, uh, yeah, I've been I've been playing with electric in the last couple of gigs. Um, that's been pretty. Um, that's been pretty interesting, actually. But I, I actually like. Uh, I like playing the electric when singing because I just feel like you can just rock it, yeah. rock it more, and um, just turn that amp up. And yeah, that that's um, one thing I've been enjoying is getting on the electric now and just strumming away and trying to find a few riffs that I can try to pull off. <laughs> <laughs> um, no Keith Urban or anything, so yeah, <laughs> I, I stick to the basics. <laughs> Keith is a very good guitarist. Um, now, did songwriting start as an extension of you playing and singing? Like you were playing other people's songs and then you thought, I want to create something for myself to play. Yeah, well, when I was when I was younger, I used to muck around on um, like my computer and stuff. And um, I was, I was um, very interested in hip hop. So I, I used to rap um, <laughs> as, as a young kid. And so I always used to be able to write. Um, kind of like rhyming and um, and r- like rhyming patterns. I, I used to be able to be all right at it. So um, this, the songwriting stuff <clears throat> first started when I um, came to university and um, like the, the actually singing songwriting style of um, telling a story was mm-hmm. um, I, I, I was watching. Um, Paul Kelly and um, Archie Roach was probably one of my, my inspirational people that got me into you know trying to tell a story when I um, back in the days when I used to listen to took the children away and um, I always just thought man I, I just want to write songs like that um, so yeah it was it was only when I started university that I really looked into the the kind of ways of writing and um, how they how they write and different ways of um, and writing um, writing songs. That's um, that's how I really got into it. Was just studying it and really looking into it. And have you enjoyed it, or did did you enjoy it from the start, or was it a process of just kind of finding your way as a songwriter? Uh, yeah, it, I, I started enjoying it, but you always get those. Um, days where you just couldn't write anything like that's what, what the days I hated and the, the really good songs came in those quick minutes of like you, you sit down there and you got a you know five minute song which is probably the best song that you've written and it's taken you like months um, I, I didn't like that process <laughs> but um, I, I think yeah what I, I fell in fell in love with it when I when I also started collaborating I think that was probably the biggest turning point was um, when I started collaborating with other mm-hmm. um, songwriters um, that I was like, geez, yeah, I, I really want to, you know, be able to collaborate, but also I want to learn from these awesome songwriters to mm-hmm. be able to sit there and um, not get stressed <laughs> when I'm trying to write something. I just, you know, use some of their strategies and tips that they've, they've given me along the way. So mm-hmm. that, as as the last few years, it's become a, a lot easier and a lot flowing um, writing songs. So I have been enjoying it um, in the last few years, but before that it was kind of getting frustrating. 
I suppose those were the apprenticeship years when you're just trying to yeah. figure out what's going on. Yeah, and everybody used to be like, man, that's a good song. You need to write another song like that. I'm like, oh, so you're not liking the other songs I've been writing? <laughs> yeah, so. Sometimes I guess, you know, for non-songwriters, it can, it can seem like, oh, they just pop out so easily because what, by the time they hear them, you're playing them and singing them and it all seems lovely and it seems like it must yeah. just be easy. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, no, nah, and then that's when I figured out. I just, you know, I got to do my thing and not have to try and impress everyone with the, with the songs. You just do what you're passionate about, and that's um, telling a story that you love. Now, I was reading that you met uh, former U.S. President Barack Obama in 2011, and he encouraged you to follow your dreams. So, did at the point of having that meeting, did something spark in you, or was it later on that it had an impact? Um. No, it was pretty pretty straight away. Like um, I can remember the the day I met him, and like it was only a, like a few minute conversation. Um, got a bit of a picture with him, and um, and um, that night I went home and I was just like, I really need to get out of here if I want to if I want to do something. Um, and you know, Palmerston, where I was, I was born and raised. And Darwin was there wasn't much there. There wasn't much at all. And um, you know, the people that were getting out were the people that were going away boarding school for footy or um, some kind of sports. So I just bit the bullet and kind of just applied for university, and I got out of there pretty pretty quickly. Um, it was the last couple of days of school um, that we were going back and forth. My school was helping me. Um, get down there I didn't really have much support with family to um to get down they didn't really want me to leave I think that's why (laughs) and um yeah it all went from there was pretty much that quick spark of um Obama just saying you know you can you can do and be whatever you want to be especially in a small town like that Mm -hmm. and meeting a big (laughs) big figure like that yeah me and Colin wrote a song about it so that we're coming out soon Ah, jolly good. Now, um, I was saw on your social media there's a short documentary about you called Living the Dream, and in it you say that you hope music is a way out and a way to break a cycle for young Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. What is the path music has taken you on? Oh, yeah, um, it's t- it's taken me on a, an awesome journey to experience new things and, and break a cycle where, you know, I was hanging around, like I said, when I was in high school, I was more of a social person. I was going and doing the wrong thing and getting suspended. And, you know, um, it was actually really crazy. I, was, I hit a teacher um, when I was 14. They, they were going to press charges on me. Um, and it was it was um, at that point where I was like, well, if I'm going to be spending um, time with these other guys who are doing the same thing, well, um, I think I have to fix that if I you know, want to get away or want to better myself. So that I had to break that cycle. And and it's great. I had a lot of mentors up in Darwin, ex-footy players, and um, who were in school as well. It was a Quantar Foundation program. And, um, yeah, that, that kind of got me away from 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 this vicious cycle of Darwin. And, um, you know, as much as I love, love my people and my, my family up there and my friends, I just had to get away from it. And um, I'm happy I did because you know I've been I've been been able to travel the country playing music, mm-hmm. mentor young kids, um, you know, give them a, a bit of hope and 
and and having a figure male figure to you know inspire them because at the end of the day in our community there's not many male figures around um besides sports players mm-hmm. um and there's not many people um you know doing music um you know there's very few of us and especially in the country scene you know it's not mm-hmm. um you know there's only very few of us doing that as well so um you know it's pretty pretty awesome to be able to be a mentor for young kids and that was that cycle breaker was um to you know help younger people and um to do the same thing i did was move away from home and you know chase something that they wanted to do you're mentoring but you're also teaching songwriting workshops in schools so clearly for you this is because you're still a young man this has been a quick turnaround from you being mentored to you teaching children um what do you enjoy about teaching songwriting um i think it's finding the different ways for them to write like at a at a and i guess at a younger um in high school because i like to i go in and do the stuff in high school kids i don't think many of them realize the opportunities you can get mm-hmm. if you, you know writing writing songs and you know being able to play your original songs at a gig and i don't know people don't know how important it is to do that you know with um young kids and the the thing i enjoy is when when they write their songs and you help them figure out other ways of trying to write it because they're so used to writing their way um and you just give them ideas of oh maybe switch this around switch that around then they're so um the eyes light up and they're like wow this <laughs> is that that's the the wow factor is kind of where i um that's what makes me keep doing that um because you know those those kids they're writing really good songs but they're getting driven from from other people as well coming outside as well and um yeah, it's um I, and i'm still learning myself um so that and that's what i tell them and they absolutely love it so yeah that's um it it's one of my driving keys that i driving things that i love to do in my spare time <laughs> which you don't have a lot of from what i understand because no. you play a lot of gigs yeah and yeah so it's um but yeah i i do anything to to help the younger younger people and um you know our future future leaders that's um that's what i love to do now it looks like uh, from the look of your social media as well you have a young son now he is only a baby yes. but does he have a guitar yet uh no he's um he just plays my guitar right. and um <laughs> uh, i've got a couple of ukuleles just sitting around and um i actually bought him a drum kit which is kind of me and his it's kind of an excuse now to just buy new things so um i might have to get him his own guitar but <laughs> use it also um he he loves music though and um and i'm not i'm not trying to force it on him i'm just you know letting him come in and um check it out and if he likes it, he loves to dance he loves fix it up actually so oh, interesting he loves he only loves my music sometimes Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> He's got his taste sorted from a young age. Uh, yeah, so that's so. Uh, I'm glad that that's um, that's okay. You know, if, I'd be pretty disappointed if he didn't like it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do you have any regular gigs around about South Australia where people can catch you, or do you, are you mainly on the road around the country? 
Um, mainly, mainly on the road and um, like there's, I, I try and get a show in at, at the end of the year, a couple of shows in before I, um, before the year wraps up. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously I, I also get a lot, a lot of those um, corporate stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just, and, and people always want to watch a gig, you know, um, and they're like, when's your next gig? When's your next gig? And it's like, oh, I got to organize one. So um, I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping. Um, the wheat sheaf um, here in Adelaide's got a, got a spot open. Um, they're always pretty, um, they're always pretty um, helpful to me, and um, so I'm hoping to have get a gig at the Weedio, do a kind of um, end of year thing at the Weedio every year when something pops up. So hopefully that's going to happen. Um, if not, you know there'll be something popping up. I'm sure. So people can keep an eye on your social media and your website, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, that that's that that's kind of the the way it goes, and then mainly most of most of those ones are the ones that just pop up last minute. It's like, oh, geez, Nathan, can we fill this spot for us? I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, no worries. (laughs) Well, they're very lucky you're so adaptable to be able to fill last minute spots. Um, But those people who can't see you live, they can listen to Fix It Up, and it sounds like there's new music coming soon. So, Nathan, I'll look forward to perhaps perhaps talking to in the future about the next music that's coming, but it's been a great pleasure to talk to you about this music. Thanks for talking to me. No worries. Thanks, Sophie. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.